Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The portion of God's word that we will hear this, this morning is from John chapter 6. It's the parallel account to what we heard in our gospel reading from Matthew. John 6, beginning at verse 1. Please rise as we hear these words. After this, Jesus crossed over to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, or Tiberias. A large crowd followed him because they saw the miraculous signs he was performing on those who were sick. Jesus went up on the hillside and sat down there with his disciples. The Jewish Passover festival was near. When Jesus looked up and saw a huge crowd coming toward him, he asked Philip, Where can we buy bread for these people to eat? But Jesus was saying this to test him, for he himself knew what he was going to do. Philip answered him, Two hundred denarii worth of bread would not be enough for each of them to have just a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There's a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what is that for so many people? Jesus said, Have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place, so they sat down. There were about 5,000 men. Then Jesus took the loaves, and after giving thanks, he distributed pieces to those who were seated. He also did the same with the fish, as much as they wanted. When the people were full, he told his disciples, Gather the pieces that are left over so that nothing is wasted. So they gathered them and filled twelve baskets with pieces from the five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. When the people saw the miraculous sign Jesus did, they said, This really is the prophet who is coming into the world. Thus far the text. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, these are your words. Make us holy through the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. How do you know when it's time to eat. Sure, mom or dad or, or maybe your spouse will say that dinner's ready, but how does your body tell you that it's time to eat? Well, sometimes your stomach starts rumbling, maybe grumbling just a little bit because those hunger pains are really kicking in. Maybe other times you, your stomach doesn't tell you, but it's other parts of your body. Maybe, maybe you're the type of person who gets a little bit dizzy or lightheaded when you get really hungry. Then again, some people experience a, a mood change and maybe get what we've referred to as being hangry. Then again, some people might never really feel anything when they're hungry. They, they just eat on such a regulated schedule that they never have the chance, that their body never has a chance to tell them that it's time to eat. Now today we're looking at this passage from Scripture that, that deals not so much with hunger, but it does deal with food. And we've heard this account so many times, though, that maybe we focus solely on the physical food that Jesus provided. We call this account the feeding of the 5,000. And yes, that definitely was important that Jesus performed this miracle. But there was more to this feeding than just just the bread and, and the fish. Let's see how Jesus gives food when it's needed. Now again, the food that stands out prominently in this account is the physical food. 
Jesus provided this amazing meal for all of the people there with the bread and the fish. We can't help but look at this account and, and say that it was an amazing miracle. But it didn't start out looking like Jesus was planning on anything miraculous that day. Where can we buy bread for these people to eat? Jesus had asked Philip. Now, Jesus and the disciples had a problem on their hands. They had these thousands of people there. It was getting late in the day. In the other accounts, we hear the disciples telling Jesus to send the people away so that they can go and, and buy, buy food for themselves. These people are hungry. And so Jesus appears to be approaching this, this problem in a purely logistical way, trying to have the disciples figure out what to do how to go and, and buy bread for all of these people. But that's only what seemed to be happening. What was Jesus really doing? Well, it says that when he asked this question of Philip, that he did so to test him. From the other gospel accounts, we learn that, that all that day, Jesus had been teaching the people and he had been healing the, the sick people that were being brought to him. And of course, Jesus had performed other miracles, Prior to this miracle, the disciples had been witnesses of those miracles. And so what was he trying to get them to see? He was trying to get them to see that the solution was standing there right with them. That Jesus, Jesus was the one who could take care of this problem. It was impossible to buy bread to feed all of these people. It was impossible for those five loaves and two too small fish to, to feed all of these people, but it wasn't impossible for Jesus to be able to do this. Now we know the, the details of this miracle pretty well. It says Jesus took the loaves and after giving thanks, he distributed pieces to those who were seated. He also did the same with the fish as much as they wanted. And he fed 5,000 people with that food. Well, actually that's not quite accurate. Matthew points it out in our gospel reading that it was 5,000 men, not even counting the women and the children. Maybe it was 10,000, maybe 12, maybe more. Regardless, Jesus was able to provide food for all of these people. And on top of that, there were the leftovers. 12 baskets full of leftovers of the bread and the fish. How can we say that this meal was anything but miraculous? Jesus wanted the disciples to believe. He wanted them to believe that he was the one who could take care of this, of this supposed problem that was before them. He wanted them to turn to him because he had the power. He wanted them to know who he was. And that's what this miracle really showed. This miracle showed that he had the power and it showed who he was, that he was the promised Savior. Really, that's the, the main purpose of every miracle that Jesus performed was simply to show that he was the promised Savior, the Messiah. And even the crowds of people, after they had been fed, they figured this out. They saw that miracle. They, they took part in this miracle and they said, this really is the prophet who is coming into the world. Now that term, the prophet, was actually a, a specific reference, an Old Testament reference from Deuteronomy. 
God said to Moses in Deuteronomy 18, I will raise up a prophet from among their countrymen like you, and I will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them all that I command him. So yes, the people were saying, this is the promised Savior, the Messiah. But what did that mean to them? Well, after they had confessed this belief, and that's the end of our gospel, or end of our text for today, after that, it says that they came and they tried to take Jesus and make him their king by force, to make him their, their bread king, really. At this point, you see, the people were only thinking about one thing. Here's this guy. He's our Messiah, and he can provide food for us whenever. So let's make him our king. Let's make him our worldly king, and then he can provide food for us whenever we need it. We don't have to, to worry about it anymore. We don't even have to work. We can rely on our, on our king to do that for us. They'd really missed the point, hadn't they? Here was their Savior, their Messiah who had come not just to provide them with physical food, but, but to save them from sin and death and hell. And all they were thinking about was their stomachs. Now before we get too hard on them, does that sound familiar? Have we ever done anything like that? Thinking about the physical instead of the spiritual? Sadly, we fall into that trap too many times. We, we think about Jesus only in terms of what he can do for us. How can he help us, serve us, provide for us, instead of thinking about, well, what can we do to serve him? We get so bogged down in thinking about the, the physical things of this world and our physical needs, we sometimes just forget or we ignore the spiritual Think about our prayers, for example. How many of our prayers focus on physical things? Our houses, our possessions, our clothes. And how much of our prayers focus on spiritual things like forgiveness and grace, God's mercy. Maybe we spend a little bit too much time worrying about finances. Our, we're, we're in a physical world. We are physical beings and maybe we focus way too much on all of the physical that's around us. Maybe we start to put our trust in the things that we can see instead of trusting in the one that we cannot see. All too often, our sinful nature kind of takes over. It kicks in and we just go along with it, ignoring all of the spiritual and, and thinking only about the physical. We look to Jesus maybe simply as our bread king. Even in the face of, of miracles like this one that we just read. Even in the face of, of Jesus providing for us beyond our comprehension, beyond what we deserve. We can't get past the physical. We can't get past the bread and the fish. But you see, the most important feeding that happened that day really wasn't the bread and the fish. That food was important. It was needed, but it wasn't the most important thing. You see, Jesus gives food when it's needed because he feeds us with his word. What was, after all, the true mission of the prophet? Think about 
what a prophet does. Very literally, a prophet is one who speaks forth. He speaks forth what God tells him to speak. And that's what Jesus did. That's what Jesus had been doing all that day before this miracle takes place. Along with the healing of the sick that were being brought to him, he was teaching the people God's word. Before that miraculous feeding of the the bread and the fish took place, we could say that Jesus gave the people his bread to eat, his word, true spiritual bread. This is what God had already declared as we heard in our Old Testament reading from Isaiah 55. Why do you spend money for what is not bread and your wages for what does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me and eat what is good and delight yourself in abundance. Incline your ear and come to me. Listen that you may live. So why? Why did Jesus spend all day teaching them? Well, if we look in Mark's Gospel, we see the reason why. It says that when Jesus stepped out of the boat, he saw a large crowd. His heart went out to them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. He began to teach them many things. Jesus' heart went out to the people. In other words, he had compassion on them. His heart went out to them because he knew that they were spiritually lost and they were looking for answers. He knew that they were being misled by their own spiritual teachers, the scribes and the Pharisees, for example, and he wanted them to have true spiritual knowledge. They were searching and waiting for their Savior. And he wanted them to see very clearly that he was their Savior. Now that really shouldn't be a foreign concept to us, that that Jesus took compassion, he felt compassion on these people coming toward him. Because really, by nature, we're in the same predicament. When Jesus looks at us, as we are by nature, what does he see? He sees sheep. He sees sheep who are lost. Sheep who are, who are blind and, and stumbling down the path to hell. Sheep who need to be led. In his compassion, Jesus proves himself to be our true shepherd. He says later in John, in John chapter 10, I am the good shepherd and I lay down my life for the sheep. That's what Jesus came to do. He came to rescue his sheep. And that's the same message that he wants us to know today. The same food that he gives us today. That he is our shepherd. And that is, again, our spiritual food. That that Jesus came for us. That he laid down his life for us. That he died so that we don't have to die. That's the message that the prophet came to bring. And it's the same message that we have today. You see, Jesus' message was the same then and it's the same now because it lasts forever. The day after that Jesus fed these thousands of people with the, with the bread and the fish, he told some of these same people, do not continue to work for the food that spoils, like the bread and the fish, but for the food that keeps until everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you. 
In other words, don't focus on that physical bread, the, the food that I provided for you yesterday, because it doesn't last. But be concerned about the spiritual food, the spiritual bread that I give you, because if you eat that, you live forever. The spiritual bread keeps until everlasting life. That spiritual bread gives us everlasting life, that is. We don't have to worry about getting tired of it because we're always going to have a need for it because we always are, are going to have sins that need to be forgiven. Our hunger for that spiritual bread is always going to be present with us while we are in this life. And that's why we keep eating the spiritual bread of God's Word. We come to His house on a regular basis to hear His Word, to, to receive that meal of, of His Word. We study it on a regular basis, maybe on a daily basis, but at least on a weekly basis when we come here, we continue to be fed that way. Jesus continues to feed us because we need that food continually. Don't you wish, though, that, that your hunger for God's Word were stronger? Maybe you've heard about the guy that, that was telling this new diet, telling about this new diet he had started. He called it a seafood diet. He said, I see food and I eat it. Wouldn't it be great if our hunger for God's Word were that strong, that, that every chance that we got, that we hungrily devoured God's word. Remember, Jesus gives food when it's needed. And remember your great need and act accordingly. His food is free. It will never run out and it will only build spiritual health. Keep eating God's true food, the true food that Christ came to bring us because with that you will live forever. Amen.